Would you stand for the reading of the word? We're going to go to Luke chapter 5 today. I honestly was all over the map, as you can tell, um, emotionally. And I almost called in a favor again and said, hey, I need someone to preach. I'm just not in that vein. But, um, you know, sometimes you preach and you're happy. Sometimes you preach and you're sad. Sometimes you preach till you preach yourself happy. I've done that too. Jonica, it's good to see you, my brother. Drives four and a half hours to get here. We love you. God is doing a great work in you, my brother. How many of you have ever heard the statement, we need revival? We, I mean, for years, 20, maybe more than that, 40 years I've heard, we need revival over the pulpit. I wonder if maybe we're not getting that wrong. I wonder if maybe re- revival needs we. I wonder if maybe revival needs availability. So I'm going to preach to you for a little while about the greatest, revival's greatest need, availability. And I pray that maybe somebody leaves here with a white flag saying, Lord, if you can use anyone, you can use me. And I may be 15 minutes, I may be half hour, I don't even know. But I'm praying for God's wisdom on how to handle the emotions and the needs of this moment. And the beautiful thing about the scriptures, it says we can ask the Lord for wisdom, amen? And he'll give it. Do you understand what that means? Knowledge equals education, amen? And understanding equals comprehension. I can walk up to a car and see that a CV constant velocity boot joint is out, but I don't know how to replace it. I have comprehension, but I don't have the education to replace that part on that car. Do you understand what I'm saying? But when you ask God for wisdom, wisdom equals application. So when you say, God, give me wisdom, he has to give you knowledge and understanding with it. Hello, somebody. So you not only get the know-how, you get the understanding, and you get the wisdom to know how to move forward. Amen? And I'm praying somebody out of a stuck place today in the name of Jesus. I'm praying God releases you into a place of availability where you say, Lord, if you can use anything, use me. Jesus, touch our hearts today as we go to the word of the Lord. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, you would too, if Jesus was preaching, you would press in, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them to wash their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little bit or leave the shore just a little bit from land. He sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said, Simon, launch out into the deep and let down the nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night. Translation in 2021, you keep to the carpentry, we'll keep to the fishing. (laughs) 
and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net, singular. But God said, let down the nets, plural. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net, singular, was breaking. So they signaled their partners and others and others in other boats and to come and help them. And they came and filled their both their boats or both the boats so that they began to sink. Someone say blessings come with burden. Did you know that? It's true. Some people pray for blessings and then when it hits them, they don't know why they're sinking. They haven't prepared themselves for the blessing. You have to prepare yourself for a blessing, brothers and sisters. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And he said, All who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so were also James and John and Zebedee. And there were several others, partners there of Simon. And he said, Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men, or from now on you will be fishers of men. And so I want to just tell you that all of this miracle I just read happened because Simon said, sure, you can use my boat. And I want to liken the boat in this scripture to your life. Jesus is coming to your life and saying, I need to use you. And your answer needs to be, sure, you can use my boat. Jesus, step into my life. You can teach through my actions. You can teach through my example. You can teach through me. Lord, we thank you for your word. We go to you and we ask you to make our hearts tender, ready to receive. Make everyone in here good soil that it might grow up to be something that nourishes them and brings them to eternal life. I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. You may be seated. Revival's greatest need is availability. There's right now a shortage of workers in America, and it's beginning to ebb and flow, ebb and flow into other countries, literally where they're paying people $50 just to show up for an interview. Whether you're hired or not, they will write you a $50 check if you just show up for an interview as a candidate for the job. We're seeing it all over the news, shortages of workers. The state fair in our state, they have already said that they're shutting down different amenities in the fair because they just simply do not have service and workers to, to, um, to be in those areas. Um, they're, they're back office has come online and said things on the radio where they're pointing out to people that even though you might be upset that the services are canceled, we need you to understand that at least the fair itself is not canceled. And so they're trying to point out the benefits that are left, even though there are benefits that are missing. And the reason why they're missing is there's just simply not enough available workers. Amen. It's happening all over the place. 
We're seeing it in news. We're seeing it in podcasts. We're seeing it in people talking about why it's happening, what's causing it. They're trying to find the solution. But I want to go to the scripture and not man's secular knowledge. I I don't want to stay in the secular record of what's going on in our world, but I want to talk to you about what's been happening all throughout time in the spiritual world, and that is that the greatest day for God to move is a great is a day like right now where we see God need, people needing God in a place and and in a space where there's nothing that will fit there's nothing that will satisfy there's nothing that will help them any more than Jesus Christ and I want you to know that I've been hearing it preached all my life that we need revival but I'm going to tell you one more time revival needs us revival needs availability revival needs one person that says no matter what it costs me no matter where I have to go no matter what I have to do I'm going to lay down everything if I have to just to win a soul just to be available to somebody in need just to be available to God when he wants to use me nobody nobody is going to be denied heaven's blessings if they give everything of themselves I promise you nobody in scripture was consistently used and mightily used of the Lord in the Bible unless they were first willing to be made available to God. And being made available is not an easy process, brothers and sisters. There's toil. There's struggle. That's why we're not just a sacrifice. We're a living sacrifice, Romans 12. We want to get off the altar all the time. Amen? We don't want the pain of having to go through struggle. We don't want to have to learn through patience the hope that is eternal. We don't want to have to struggle and go through things. But I'm telling you, God has a habit of testing your availability over and over and over and over again. And every time you send up a white flag, can I tell you, I gave you tissues today as white flags. Do you have those with you? Does anybody have their white flag? You need to have a close relationship with a white flag in your life. And what this means, today is that you've surrendered your life to God, that you literally are saying, every time you test me, Jesus, I'm available. Every time you say, can you be there? Can you help? Or can you pray? Or can you open a door? Or can you love somebody? Can you write down their prayer requests ahead of your prayer requests? Can you do something where you get out of your own self and focus on others? Yes, Lord, I'm available. I surrender my schedule. I surrender my time. I surrender everything that I have so that you can use anything, God. You can use me. And people tell me early on in ministry that you're not a very good pastor. I don't care. I really don't care. Because God called me to Brookfield. They didn't. He died for me. They didn't. Should I do any more? They didn't. He brought me out of the miry clay, set my feet on a rock to stay. He brought me out. He was my redeemer, my hope, my joy, my peace. When you knew nothing about my pain, he was there. When I was pushing back plates to fast and pray, you weren't there, but he was. When I needed hope, when I needed to get out, when I needed a miracle in my body, he was there. He handled it. He handled it. And I give my availability to him before I give my availability to you. But by giving my availability to him, he says, go and serve and feed my people, feed the sheep. And therefore, I find myself surrendering to him first. That is the key, brothers and sisters. You must surrender to God first, and God will do great things in your life. Examples, you know them, Samuel, one of the, one of the greatest men 
brought to this earth. I mean, obviously, we don't know if Samuel would have ever existed had Hannah not wept before the Lord. She brought a man out into existence because she promised to give him back to God. You understand that? That literally God opened her womb because she said he will always be available to you. What can God do for you if you promise to always be available to him? He can change the very outcome of your future. Samuel was mightily used by God because he was available. He said in 1 Samuel 3 and 4, the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here am I. The strongest three letters in the sentence in, in the English language, I believe or not, I love you, but here am I. People that have love for things have made themselves available to things that can hurt them. But I want you to know I'm not talking about staying in hurtful relationships or positions or places. I am talking about making yourself available to God, and he will fight the battle for you. Your surrender is not to people. Your surrender is to God, and he will use you to help people. You understand what I'm saying? That is the order. And so Samuel said, here am I, Lord. Mary, she was the mother of Jesus. There was thousands of virgins in Galilee, perhaps hundreds in Nazareth. But Mary was the one who went down in history because Mary was available. You know where I'm going to go with this before I get there, some of you, but notice what Mary said when the angel told her she was chosen for ministry to carry Jesus in Luke one thirty eight, And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. In other words, I'm available. She said, You can take all of me. Whatever you want to do, you can use me, Jesus. Jesus himself having to submit to the eternal will of God. In the garden, he said, Not my will, but thine be done. In Luke 2, 49, he said, Know ye not that I must be about my father's business. He came to do the will of the Lord. And if you read through Luke chapter 4 and 5 today, if you want to do your homework, you'll find out that Jesus is doing some amazing things in chapter 4. He's in the synagogue. He's, he's telling people and initiating his ministry. He's come out of the wilderness in verse number 1 of chapter 4, and he's already been tested, or he's going into the wilderness to be tested and led by the Spirit to that test. Hello, somebody. Sometimes you can be tested, and it's led by God. Anybody want to surrender to that? <laughs> I don't want a test that God doesn't authorize. How about you? I mean, man, because it brings forth fruit in my life, and God cannot bless anything that does not produce is there a church in the house today that wants to believe that God will use everything in your life if you surrender it to him? God will use the worst moments, not because he licensed it or authorized it, but even though a will of man was evil and did things to you or somebody, God will use it and authorize it if you just surrender it to him. Everything you've been through, everything you go through can be used by God in a surrender to him. And all you have to do, if life overwhelms you, the Bible says, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to that rock that is higher than 
and I. In other words, take your white flag and go to Jesus. Take your white flag and go to the Lord because he will minister to you. He'll minister to your mind. He'll minister to your heart. He'll touch you in ways nobody can. Where words fail, God's touch still ministers. I wonder if anybody still believes in touching and agreeing and surrendering and knowing that God can do something in your life. For he came upon the Spirit of the Lord was upon him because he was anointed to preach the gospel. He was sent to heal the brokenhearted. God can do things that other things cannot handle. I don't care what the world offers you. It will not fix the situation like Jesus can. And you don't, brothers and sisters, you don't have to fix it. You don't have to remedy the situation. All you have to do is find the knee and say, this is my white flag. God, you fix it. You organize it. You authorize it. You change it. You make me new. You make the situation new. I come to you, Jesus. And in my surrender, he makes all things new. It literally is not you that has the, pro- the power to change things, but God who has the power to make a difference through you. The recovering of the blind. He does so much for us when we first surrender. So he comes out of the wilderness being tested. He gave his angels charge over us in verse 4, in, in chapter 4 of Luke. I'm so glad he gives his angels charge over us. I'm so glad that I can't outdrive my my protecting angels. I'm glad I can't outdo what God can do in my life. I'm I'm just so glad that I can't get away from his presence because where his presence is is protection. Amen. I'm so glad that I can't do anything to take myself out of his hands. Ah, For he said... Their hands shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. He said, I give angels charge over you, and they're going to take care of you and watch over you and minister to you. He says that all after he comes out of the wilderness. And then he says, I, as he's quoting Isaiah 49, he says, I'm called to do all of this, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. You know anybody depressed or oppressed? Jesus still sets them at liberty. But they do have to surrender to the Lord. They have to surrender to the Lord. There are so many things going on in our world that I don't often want to solely this this Pentecostal desk with them, and I don't preach them because the Bible says there are things in this world that should not be spoken of. And I don't necessarily bring them before you, not because I don't know they're there, but because a simple surrender in somebody's life would wipe all that out. Simply starting over, amen, a simple reset in Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter how you think you are or who you think you are or what gender you think you are. When you surrender to Jesus, he puts the desires in your heart for the things of God and you begin to change immediately toward the things of God. In other words, when your heart is away from God, when your heart is far from God, you don't need to address the issues. You need to bring them to Jesus Christ and love them them into his hands and love them into his life-giving source 
the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost will work on them. And so we find ourselves in chapter 5, where Jesus has been teaching and the multitudes have gathered, and he's already been teaching in the synagogues in verse 4, but in 5, he needs a boat. He needs a place to go and minister. And can, can I tell you that revival needs a minister. Revival needs availability. But I also want you to know that among all these people, the disciples and Paul and everyone else, I believe that God uses even the most unqualified people if they make themselves available. How many know he calls? He calls, and if you answer, he'll qualify you. He'll make it happen. David was a man after God's own heart. And the reason why I love David is not because he was such a, such a scoundrel sometimes, but I love him because he always turned his heart back to God. He always turned his heart back toward the doctrines of the Lord. He loved God's word. And I believe that's why the scripture records that he was a man after God's own heart, not because he wasn't a murderer and not because he didn't do things that are just atrocious, but because when he did them, he would repent and he would turn himself back to the Lord. And one thing that I know about David, he thundered to us, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. He kept on aligning his wisdom and his knowledge of God with the desires of his heart. When his heart would lead him into sin, he would realign again back to the knowledge of the word of God. And he said, I'm glad when we go into the house of the Lord. I don't know if you know, but the Bucks have won a national championship. Anybody know that? Nobody, nobody, nobody knows that? But I, was, I, went, I made the mistake, actually, of going to the corners of Brookfield that evening. I think it was Tuesday evening, a couple of weeks ago. And I think we were testing the, the tensile strength of the concrete as there was like 7,000 people in the courtyard. There was camping chairs. There was everything. Everybody's out. By the time we got done, people were standing on their chairs, not sitting on them because we got so, you know, game six. Obviously, we won. But we had, I, I, I don't know what exactly was happening on the screen. I don't remember. But we had sunk a pivotal basket. And this guy comes around the corner. And he's running like he's running in church. Woo! 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 I mean, he looks like a locomotive. And he's yelling, let's go, let's go, let's go. And I'm like, where are we going? You know, I hadn't quite understood that that was like a thing that you yell when your team is winning. You get up and you mean mug and you flex, you go, let's go. You try to shake things off your face that should stay there. I didn't understand that yet. And this guy is just losing it, worshiping at the idol of the sports world. You know, he's just like, ah. And I'm like, is he mad? No, he's good. He just mean mugging. Okay. He's, he was just really, really, really happy. But he's yelling, let's go. And I wonder if this is not David realigning his heart and surrender to God, saying at the house of the Lord is where I surrender best. And I want you to see David when he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go. Let's just shorten that. I want you to see David going, let's go. 
the house of the Lord is where victory is. At the house of the Lord is where people that have wayward hearts surrender to God again. At the house of the Lord is where miracles happen. Let's go to the house of the Lord. Let's go, church. Let's go because we've got a God who wins. He's a victorious God. Man had a dream, man had a dream, and he saw the Lord coming back and the hosts in heaven coming with him. And the dream, Jesus came down, and it just happened not too long ago. And I know who had the dream, but he shared the dream. And he said that Jesus came and talked to him. And he said, he said, are you coming back? And he said, I'm coming soon. Go tell everyone I'm coming soon. And he said, who do I tell them told me? And he said, they call me the victor, and they call me the champion. He said, I am known as the champion, the conqueror. I want you to know that Jesus is our conqueror. And more than 7,000 people losing their mind at the corners of Brookfield in front of a jumbotron, you can absolutely worship and dance and shout and celebrate and wave your white flag and say, I surrender. And when you surrender, he takes over and he gives you his victory. Even if you stand in defeat right now, even if right now you have a negative bank account, even if right now you don't have the things you need from God, even if right now you are absolutely at a loss in a relationship, if you just stand and wave your white flag to the Lord, he will take care of it. He will take care of it. He will take stand and wave your flag right now and just give yourself to the Lord right now, Jesus. I'm available. I'm available. And that availability will create revival. Revival has a need, and it's us. Our greatest revival mankind has ever seen is just waiting on availability. Of course, we know that in this passage, he launches out in Simon's boat. And he's like, you know, if you make God your priority, he'll make you a priority. Anybody know that? Jesus did not have to give him an effort of hauling fish in that day. Jesus did not even have to answer the question of why they didn't catch anything. Have you ever been in a place where you've tried so hard and nothing worked? These are professional fishermen that that fished all night. Anybody ever been there? Striving for something. Trying. Efforting with everything you've got. You've given your best and it's not enough. Have anybody ever been there? It happens in life. If you haven't run into it, you will. And when you run into it, it's, it is heartbreaking to know that you didn't have enough even though you had enough desire and enough want to, you didn't have enough in you to get there hurts, but when you come in contact with Jesus, he reaches into those places of hurt where you are not enough, and he says, if you'll just let me use you, I'll take you back out in this boat where you gave everything and got nothing, and I'll give you everything in return. God is able to answer where you feel you're not enough. He is the answer, but it starts with surrender. 
Start with a white flag. Make your request known unto God. Then the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard. It'll set up guards, literally soldiers at the gates of your heart and mind. It will guard your hearts and minds. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says that your heart cannot run off into sin. Your heart cannot run off into waywardness. Your heart will always be steered back to where your heart and your mind is surrendered to God every single day. And you're saying, Lord, I don't understand. I don't understand. But my mind is still yours. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. I don't know why my heart is overwhelmed, but I'm still yours. And in that surrender, suddenly your story becomes a testimony, and your testimony can change a life. In Revelations, it talks about overcoming, and the word overcome is my favorite word because that is my life story, and I'm wrapping up. Can I just tell you, if, if you're making notes, you want me to put this whole sermon in one note. Here it is. Availability takes you beyond your ability. And whenever I'm preaching, and whenever I'm teaching, and whenever I'm trying to do my best, I, I recognize sometimes I run out and I have nothing but emptiness. And that's when I know I need to go find a prayer room and just surrender because when I surrender, he steps into my boat and he takes me out. And we launch out into the deep. And we launch out in the deep in prayer. We launch out in the deep in fasting. My surrender leads me to this place. And suddenly the places where I was unable to do things, the places where there, there, there was a stop, there was no more effort that could be given, there was no more answers to be found, suddenly there's availability in my soul, in my surrender, and there's answers there, and there's resource there, and there's help there, and there's a new way there because Jesus showed up, and he's the way and the truth and the life, and someone said, Amen. And so Jesus is teaching, and they're on the boat. And he says, why don't you go out? And God fills the boat with fish so much that he has to call others over. Notice that Simon's surrender not only blessed his life, but it blessed others around him. Your availability will bless others near you. It will save your family. It'll turn things around. Your availability takes you beyond your ability. And so they launched out, and they caught more than they could imagine. Master, we toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, that was a good point right there. At his word, I will let down the nets. And he said, when Simon Peter fell down on his knees saying, depart from me, I am a sinful man, O Lord. Do you think Simon was thinking of all the thoughts he had whenever he was like, this will never work? <laughs> he was a skeptic at the moment. Do you think maybe he was thinking, I don't know what this guy thinks, but we know the temperature of the water. We know the depth of the fish. We know exactly when to fish, when to not fish. We know that at night, the water cools down and they go deeper and we don't have depth. We don't have nets that deep. 
I wonder if maybe he thought all of those things and was like, this will never work. And maybe that's why he responded so caustically and so so fully to Jesus. He was like, this was never supposed to work, but because Jesus got into my life, it all worked. And I have blessings that bless others, blessings that bless my kids, blessings that bless my family, all because I let Jesus do it. Maybe he didn't even have faith for it, but if you surrender... God will still do it. That's what I know about Jesus. And then Jesus goes on to heal and do other things, but they brought their boats to land and they forsook all and followed him in verse 11. Can I ask you a question? Do fish clean themselves? They forsook all. Y'all just got a big old blessing and y'all need to take it to the processor to get paid. Didn't even matter. Because when they realized that surrender was taking them to a greater place, they left everything behind. You know, with the passing of my cousin, I, I was having experiences. Last night I just got up and I just prayed. I just kept on praying all night. Don't know how much slept I got sleep I got doesn't really matter. But Jesus said, if you put me in your boat, you will be able to surrender everything that once had value in your life, and I will use it for a greater purpose. So today I surrender Anthony. Today I surrender my family and grief. Today I surrender everything. Why? Because it starts with a white flag. Find your white flag one more time, and would you stand with me? I know for some it's just a handkerchief. For me, I don't even know what this thing is, but I found it somewhere at the house. I think it's a glasses cleaning towel. I think that's what you do with it. This thing right here, I think this is what you do with it. But it's working. I'm, I'm working this white flag to the best of my ability today. And I want you to know that whenever you forsake, whenever you surrender, you're okay with leaving things in God's hands. And no matter how long or how short your relationship, no matter how long or how short things happen or things that come to your life that take place and you don't understand them, if you're coming from a place of surrender, God will give you the strength to walk through it and leave it on the shores of life and walk on with Jesus. I'm preaching to somebody right now who thought they should be further than they are right now, who thought they should have more in their bank account than they have right now, someone who thought they should have more blessings and more, more healing and more help than you have right now. I'm asking you to put that white flag in your hand and say, Jesus, I'm going to leave it all on the shores of life. I'm going to leave the boat and the blessing, the fish. I'm going to leave whatever happened and whatever you gave. I'm just leaving the blessing and the burden there and I'm surrendering to you and I'm going to walk on with you today, Jesus. I'm going to go into what's next for me. I'm praying right now in the name of Jesus. Everybody lifting your white flag and surrender. Every 
everyone in this room, put yourself in a place of surrender. I pray right now for a next miracle, a next blessing, a next moment in Jesus that their availability right now in surrender would create a ministry in them for you have you have brought us all to a place of calling. You have brought us all to a place of change. And I pray right now that you use it, that we don't be stuck. We don't get stuck in a place where we lost something. But in surrendering our life, we surrender everything that comes and goes from our life. In Jesus' name I pray. I don't know who's ministering in music, but if you'd come, I don't know who's helping us, but I want to open this altar because I know Jesus is helping us right now. And I believe that somebody who is here that thought they were not enough for too long or thought they didn't have enough or thought that this is just me just going through the circle of life that I literally have nothing else to give. I've come to an end and I'm out of strength and I don't know what to say next to win my son or my daughter back or I don't know what to do next. Your next step is always surrender. Your next step is always to be a living sacrifice. He will fight the battle for you. When you surrender yourself, you stop warring on your own. You stop fighting everything and everyone. When you surrender yourself to Jesus, he takes up your cause. He takes up the fight for you. And I pray today. There's someone who's absolutely wore out trying to get through that they surrender themselves, that they wave a white flag, and in every moment they continue. And in that it creates the greatest revival we've ever seen because through their surrender someone else can be saved. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. Come on, somebody who stop withholding. Withholding nothing. Somebody just make this a whole place of prayer room. Take this whole place of prayer room right now. Withholding nothing. If you're online, if you're watching us online, we surrender. We surrender. We surrender. Lord, come into my boat today. Is there a Simon in the room? Oh, you had a nice career. You had plenty of things going for you, but God's asking, are you available? Jesus is showing up saying there's something more for you. God can use all of it. God can use all of it. You just surrender. Withholding nothing. Let's take a time of prayer. Surrender brings fresh oil. There's fresh oil in this house. God just told me fresh oil. There's fresh oil. There's fresh anointing on somebody. Your sacrifice brings anointing. 
shedding of blood brings anointing. There's fresh oil in this house today. There's fresh oil in this place today. It's going to release the place where you're stuck. It's going to be released. It's going to be released today. In your surrender is found his sufficiency. In your surrender is found God's sufficiency. That oil is going to release you. That oil is going to bring you out today. There's fresh oil here. Make yourself available to God. Everything I give to you, withholding nothing, withholding nothing, withholding nothing, withholding nothing. 